Fatality. DKB here. So when we recorded this episode, my co-host forgot to hit record until about halfway through the Slice of Life segment. So bear with us and enjoy our review of 2021's Mortal Kombat. Fight! For Project Louder. But no, man, just been trying to crank away and then do the dad thing and be, you know, coaching baseball on the side with my son and uh, finally get some, you know, me time on a Saturday night after taking the family out last night to the family-friendly Mortal Kombat. Right <laughs> yeah, it was. So, uh, dude, that was a hell of a way to end the week. Uh, honestly, just taking my nice little family there, and, and and I guess we'll discuss further in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. Very nice. So I'm glad you, you you enjoyed your evening then. Yes, I did. Very nice. Very nice. Brody, how you been, brother? Well, 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 I have been very well, Mr. Johnny D. Uh, I, uh, yeah, celebrating my fucking 30th birthday. Dirty 30, believe it or not. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, fucking feeling old. Uh, (laughs) I'll say, did your back hurt a little bit more this morning? Yeah, it was actually it was actually uh, my bloody knee. So, oh, my knees, my knees playing up, mate. Getting a bit of arthritis, I reckon. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, Son of a bitch. Yeah, that's a bit of a bastard. <laughs> but yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, mate. Yeah, I uh, went and saw bloody Mortal Kombat twice. Um, yeah, it, it was fucking fantastic film. But as we said, we will uh, dive into that. Jennifer, thank you very much. Uh, oh, yes. Laser beam. <laughs> Better than fireballs, you pussy. Uh, I definitely got to shout out the wife. Um, we were literally mid movie yesterday and she just reached, she just was like, all I can see is Brody. And I'm like, I know. 120%. <laughs> cosplay, cosplay tomorrow. Like it needs to be done. It's crazy. Yeah. It, it wouldn't even really be that much like hard of a switch. dude. <laughs> no. That's it. I just need oh. someone to make hair for me. That's about it. I'm fucking bald as a badger. So, but uh, yeah, other than yeah. that, yeah, um, yeah, just birthday uh, flat out this week. Yeah, watching Mortal Kombat, and uh, yeah, it's about it. Uh, Mr. Johnny D, how about yourself, mate? Uh, I am fantastic, buddy. Uh, thank you for asking. This week, uh, this week was just counting down the minutes till the end of the day. On the end of the week, bud. <laughs> this was a hard week. Um, you know, we all had. We, we all got fucked. We all had to wait an extra week because it got pushed back. So it was just, it was crushing. Um, I also got to see it twice in theaters and then my fucking ass watched it one more time today on HBO. And yeah, dude, I, I am ready for this fucking review, dude. And I'm behind, other than that, I'm behind man. It's all right. Wow. <laughs> you know, I actually got to see it one more time than I expected uh, due to some amazing friends. And I must say, I almost wasn't even going to do it, but my wife was the one who's like, just go. And I was like, yeah. She's like, you've been fucking talking about this every day for two months. Go. (laughs) She's in it out of your system. Exactly, dude. She's just like, you (laughs) just go do it. So you shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) But other than that, man, just been relaxing. Uh, 
ready to do Gordon Moore coming up. We just did it this uh, last week. We did Hello, Mary Lou. Um, fuck. Prom Night 2. Jesus Christ, I was brain farting on that. Uh, go back and check out that episode. Mary Lou was fucking with us, man, that whole night. She did not like us talking about her. And uh, if you go back and listen or watch, I'm sure you'll figure that out. Other than that, I think it's time, gentlemen. I say we fucking die. It's time to do this. Uh, so we are obviously talking 2021's Mortal Kombat. Um, would you like to give the breakdown, Brody? Yes, I can, mate. Uh, so director Simon McQuaid, uh, producers James Wan, Todd Garner, Simon McQuaid. I hope I'm fucking saying that probably. Simon, if you're listening, mate, I'm sorry I'm butchering that. Yeah, there's going to be a couple more names that are just like, oof. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly like the game reviews. We just yeah, Anyway, fucking. Uh, e. Bennett Walsh is another producer. Uh, screenplay by Greg Russo and Dave Kellerman. Story by Oren Uzel. Uzel? Fuck. Anyway, uh, Greg Russo, starring Lewis Tan as Cole Young, Jessica McNamee as Sonya Blade, Josh Lawson as Kano, mm -hmm. uh, Joe Tal Talson as Bihan Sub-Zero, McCad Brooks as Jax. Holy shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tadana, Tananabu Asano? Asano. Nice. Close that I got, dude. <laughs> that's pretty good. As Lord Raiden. Uh, oh, damn, I said this before. Hirioku, Hiri. Hiroyuki ah, Sonata. Hiroyuki Sonata as Hanzo Hasashi as Scorpion. Uh, Chin Han as Shang Tsung. Ludi Lin as Liu Kang. Uh, Max Hyung as Kung Lao. Daniel Neeson as Cabal. Damon Harriman as Cabal, the voice of. Mm -hmm. uh, Mel Johnson as Molina. And Nathan Jones as Rico. Music by Benjamin Walfish. Uh, cinematography by Jermaine McMicking. Fuck, these are fuck names. Uh, edited by <laughs> Scott Gray. And I know, dude. That's who's got like Mick oh. it's like three different times in his last name, dude. Like when I was Mick. typing it, I was just like, how the fuck do you even say this? I'm like, eh, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Mick McMicking. Oh, fuck. Anyway. Uh, edited by Scott Gray and Dan Lebenthal. Distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Runtime 110 minutes and a budget of $95 million dues. Woohoo! All right. So I had a nice little trailer, short and sweet. Uh, we're all going to get mad because it has the old time on it. You know, the original one we were promised for the 16th. But uh, <laughs> here we go. Listen carefully. Watch. Learn. Mortal Kombat has begun. There's a war coming. We need to fight before it's too late. Get over here! Mortal Kombat in theaters and on HBO Max April 16th. Yeah. Oh. You know what? I just, I don't care if I watch it three times. Watching the trailer still makes me want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. I'm a, yeah, I'm a fucking soccer forward, dude. I'll fully admit. TJ's my full trolling. Yeah, right. Listen, not that there's, you know, not issues with it, which we will gladly get, you know, 
back to, but uh, Corey, would you like to give us a plot rundown, buddy? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Uh, plot rundown. In the newest iteration, we start off in a familiar setting as we are taken back to the Shiriari Ryu compound in Fuelo, Japan. The ancient conflict between them and the Lin Kao is brought before us and ends with the brutal slaying of Hanzo and his clan. Unbeknownst to Bihan, there are still one there is still one survivor. Fast forward to present day, we follow a on-the-ropes MMA fighter named Cole Young, who gets thrown into the world of magic, mystery, and madmen, as he teams up with the Earth Realm's chosen warriors in order to prepare for the tournament known as Mortal Kombat. Dun dun dun. Or should I say dun dun dun? Uh, <laughs> so I have some fan discussions, but I think we should hear from us first. Yes. So who wants to take point, Brody? It's your birthday, buddy. Yep. Well, yeah, I can I can take charge on this one if you like. I I I like the film. I honestly like it. Um look. As, as we talked about numerous times, John, uh, we knew it was going to be something a little bit different. Um, and I find that it's basically a film that is the setting. It's basically setting the foundation for future films in the franchise. Um, overall, though, like, it, it, it gives us what we it give us what we bloody wanted, like the, the blood violence. And like we spoke about numerous times, like if the story was going to be flat, at least we got all of that to make up for it you know and it and it's fucking i i enjoyed it from start to finish like it's pedaled to the metal from the word go um there were some fight scenes that i just sort of felt you know a little bit cheap down on like they would just happen to be like you ended a little bit quicker than what i expected but mm-hmm. uh, i think it was all just the build up to that final fight scene between sub-zero and scorpion and fuck me that that was fantastic i mean like yeah I, re- I really enjoyed the film. I mean, it's far from perfect, but it definitely um, brought it to life. Excellent. Especially, yeah, it's, it's a big step from the 95 film. Let's just. Oh, dude. I think you could go the first, what was it? The first seven minutes is what they released on HBO. You watch that first seven minutes and that's definitely not your daddy's 95 Mortal Kombat. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It. Fuck no. Corey, how'd you feel, buddy? Honestly, I mean, you know, I went into it with, I was too much of a mark as a kid, uh, you know, on the, on the first films. Um, but, you know, just felt a little bit more real to me, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, I thought every, you know, overall outside of having to keep my wife quiet, cause she was laughing a lot, like in a good way. Cause she's Kano right. for her is dude. She, I was like, you need to like chill out. This is it's funny, but you know, chill out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for someone like shut her up. You know that I kind of assumed that was going to happen. But um, and I have my eleven year old there, which you know he's been introduced to this kind of stuff for a while now. It's right, not, right. Really so he's not like, what do you say? And it didn't matter. Um, I was like, don't repeat it. But honestly, I really dug everything, and considering um. That uh, and I and, and correct me if I'm wrong. You said the budget was ninety five. Uh, yes. Uh, it was well, just see, under okay. hundred. It was just short of hundred. Yeah. Was it okay? And I wasn't sure because I had seen it. May have started out around fifty five, went up to ninety five. I think originally it was just over fifty thousand, and then I think um, 
when it got pushed back because of uh, COVID yeah. and everything, I think they did a little bit more editing stuff, which bumped sure. it up. But and but you know, yeah, of course there was things I would have liked to have seen different. But you know, and I'm sure there was a lot of shit left on the floor that they cut or had to cut. You know, you're trying to what can we do to get by to tell the story? And like you said, it's it's going to lead up to. They, in their minds are like this is gonna have to be more than one film so you know people whining and complaining about I, I didn't get enough character development that's not what this was for i don't no matter how you cut it you can't say oh i was really hoping for character development and moral combat no one says that shit because when you play the video games and everything all the other carnations of it the storylines are either after the fact in the credits in the games or or the such no, what did we want to see as you know human beings? We want to see some people get their ass kicked, killed. And honestly, if that's that, that was my mindset going in, and I was like, okay, I'm I'm ready for let's get the second one rolling. You know, that's that's kind of where I left it at, and I was excited about it. So I yeah, you you're literally ready for the second movie to roll out as soon as this one gets done. You're like, I need fucking more. Yep. And uh our boss fucking man, I think <laughs> our boss man said it um it's he said what didn't it didn't give him the sizz like he, he didn't get the full completion for himself <laughs> um but it, i don't know man i loved it i loved it obviously and i'm on okay and i feel with you guys it's i go into mk knowing that every story i'm going to see with mk whether it's scorpion's revenge this any of the movies legacy i don't give a fine fuck anything mortal Kombat, it's going to be retconned it's going to be different it's going to it's gonna. It's just gonna be. Ed Boone's not at the helm of this bitch. You know what I mean? He's not the one who's directing this. So that's why you know I'm accepting of it. That being said, doesn't mean there's not flaws of this movie, dude. Sure, for sure. I the whole introduction of Cole Young, I still feel was stupid. It mm -hmm. wasn't needed. Yep. We're gonna get more into this as we go because it's part of a big question. But you know. Obviously, me Juan Cage. I was very happy with the ending, you know, but that's only if we get that sequel, and I hope we do. I really do. Now, see, now, see, TJ's trying to say, you know, like, well, it shouldn't have relied on a second one. It, it, I don't think it's relying on a second one. But no, if you if you wanted story, if you wanted character development, guess what? This movie would have had three freaking people in it. I guarantee it. You know, well, and, then, and then it's like, that's what? Why, yeah, that's, that's why yeah. the first and one only like, had thir three. That's, and that's that's not enough. It, tough shit. I mean. You're, I think, I think it needed to apply to the, the action gore type mindsets because of what Mortal Kombat originated as. And then it's going to develop in that. But I like, I don't think it's relying on anything. I, I don't think it's relying on a second movie. It's just, it, it, if you want the second movie, it's because you want more of that shit and it will start to bring in other storylines outside of Scorpion and Sub-Zero and it'll start right. Hey, guess what? We can tell the backstory of Liu Kang now, and we can tell the backstory of this because surviving character, this and that. So, which I'm not going to lie, I kind of hope they do because yeah. one of the biggest questions I had, and Brody and I kind of tossed it back and forth. I haven't got a chance to talk to you about it, buddy. But uh, was Liu Kang talking about how he got his arcana? And there was a dude with a symbol, but obviously he was kidnapping children. So who the fuck was this dude? Why was he a chosen fighter of Raiden? You know what I mean? Like I have so many questions alone about that backstory. Um, and you know, obviously the characters are all changed in this a little bit, 
I feel like all the characters still kind of hit their main stride. Some people might disagree. That's fine. Um, I know our boy Scoops. He was he did not like Liu Kang, and that's fine. Liu Kang was definitely a lot of a different iteration than I feel like he's been in other pet and other ones. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even in Legacy, you know, Legacy, he was fucking dark. Like his girlfriend was dead. He was he was ready to work for Shang Tsung. We've never fucking saw that. That's a way different fucking script than we've ever known. It was it was good. Um, it just but yeah, man, it gave us the brutality. It gave us the fatalities. It it the blood, the gore, and I feel like at the heart of MK, that's what you're always looking for. You go back to that fucking arcade cabinet behind me, dude. Why were you lining up to play that game? It wasn't because of the fucking backstories and shit, dude. It was because of the action. And holy shit, dude. Everything in this movie, just all the weird throwouts, all the little fucking Easter eggs and all the Easter eggs. Oh my God. <laughs> which okay, so which ones did you guys catch? Oh man. I caught um, oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck, what's his name? Uh is it Nightwolf? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I little will. photo of him on the uh, on the wall in Sonya's basement. Uh, what else? Yep. So along with that, right after Nightwolf, you see Kotal Khan, which I can't believe they actually put in there, but that was actually very impressive. That's right. Yeah, we get yeah. uh we get Shinnok's amulet, which Kano actually tried to steal. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> and, and what was cool about that one? That was so obvious. I was like, well. What, I thought something was going to come about that, but I'm, I was like, man, if they're if they're even going to Easter egg that like they did with that, you're like, okay, there's more. It, hopefully, there's more that comes to that. Just and in that same respect, in that same sequence, I think uh, Katana's fan was on display in the temple too. Correct. Uh, it was actually when they were having their little uh, back talk before Raiden put up the big old. Uh, what do you want to call that? I guess security Shield. perimeter there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Force field. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, that was, yeah, that dude, there was some even deeper ones too. Um, so going back to our episodes of talking about Armageddon, when you're talking about the backstory there, there was a picture and you'd have to play Armageddon's conquest mode, but there was actually a picture of Taven and Dagon's parents in Raiden's temple. Yeah. You, this is that's deep. Like nobody else would be like, I don't know what the fuck you're looking. <laughs> but if you know, then you know. And it was just one of those moments you're like, holy shit, dude! I can't believe they went that far. We obviously get the uh, Johnny Cage poster at the end, which was, I don't know if you guys noticed this, especially Brody. You watched it twice, and yep. Corey, I'm sure when you watch it again, you'll see, dude, that shit's literally in the first shot of seeing Cole, but you don't notice it because you don't know to look there. Well, I, I bloody uh, was looking out for that poster in that first scene, and I still didn't oh, yeah. even see yeah. it. Correct. The first time I was watching it, I'm like, yo, they're going to have a cage poster up. You know what I mean? Shit you not, dude. When they go to that locker room in the very first shot, and it shows that back shot, it's right there on that pillar, but it's so far over on the left, you wouldn't naturally – you know what I mean? Sure. You just wouldn't naturally yeah. look in that spot. But uh, The other cool part about the Easter eggs uh, for me was like the gameplay Easter eggs. Yes. And the one that I thought was hilarious, and when it happened to Kano from Luke Kane, the Luke Kane, the leg sweep shit, that, you know, it's, that between, the, between the leg sweep and then the uppercut stuff that happens in the video games early on. Yes. yes. When he yeah. did the leg sweep and then he tried to, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to interpret that you're going to do it a third time. He jumps up there and he, like, does it, you know, kicks and drops him down and does it again. And I was like, that That's, seems like every time I've ever played the game, you know. So that, that is that literally, the, game, yep. the gameplay aspect was really, really dope, I thought. It, um, it, 
And you're right with that. Cause yeah. continuing when the daughter yells out, throw your uppercut. How many times have you been back in the day in the arcade when motherfuckers are telling you how to play while you're, you know what I mean? Like that's just old school arcade mentality right there to me. You get that crowd of like 10 people. Everybody's like, do the kick. Come on. Like just, you know, shout out like almost wrestling match style. Now, did you guys ever bring up like early on in the other episodes? Because it was in this one, obviously, but it was in the trailer beforehand. But the Sub Zero uh, mythology, Ice ice Blast call out the video game. Yeah. So down left, you know. Yep. It was a down forward low punch. And it's actually in the on the back wall of um, the fight scene of. Yep, yeah. the fight scene of uh, Jack. I was glad that I was glad they kept that in there. But again, another gameplay mm. aspect of it. Just it's it's like, how do you not? But, and I'm um, sure there's even way more that I still have not caught yet. Well, and I'll give you one more, and I'll then I'll shut up because no, you're show. fine, bud. No. Uh, <laughs> so you the uh, did you did you hear about the name that when Cole who Cole beat for his first championship? Yes, Eddie yes. Tobias. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's actually yeah. in our little show notes, but we could hit that now. Fuck that's it, dude. And okay. if, and if you don't know, uh, obviously that is a great shout out to Ed Boone and John Tobias, creators yeah. of Mortal Kombat. I hope everybody caught that. But if you didn't, I, you know, I understand. This is a fast movie. This is a very yes. fast movie. Um, and I could understand that's why maybe some people's complaints of development. We already have a two hour movie. So if you wanted any more development, then we're reaching into fucking Snyder cut territory. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right off the bat, which is, you know, I'd be fine with. But <laughs> <laughs> So uh, you guys want to hear some reviews from some other folks here? Sounds good to me. All right. So our first on the block is our very nice dear friend, Mr. Pete Ward. So I finished Mortal Kombat, obviously. <laughs> Maybe I'll give it a seven and a half out of ten. Like, I thought, I, I don't really, obviously, I knew the story was not going to follow the games. But I thought all the little mentions of, you know, like Taven and Dagon's parents, I thought were cool. I thought the Nightwolf mention was cool. I thought the Johnny Cage ending was pretty cool. I mean, I saw that. I, I had a feeling that uh, Johnny Cage was he. They had they had to do some kind of thing with him, um, but I feel like they're going to make it their own because I mean Molina's dead, Goro's dead, so maybe Kentaro will be next, Shao Kahn will be next. I knew Raiko was going to be in it because fucking Nathan Jones was training with a fucking hammer. Um, other than that, I thought it was all right. I mean, the only thing I didn't like was I don't like the guy who played Raiden. And I thought the fight with Goro was kind of lackluster. Like, that's it. All righty. Thank you, Mr. Pete Ward. Uh, I can't disagree with him on the Goro thing, dude. (laughs) That was was kind of a waste. Goro is supposed to be the big fucking sub boss. So why was he not the big fucking sub boss? God damn it. Like, was he the, fighting a, woman, a woman got involved. A woman got involved and tore the place down. You know. I, at the same time, I am not going to lie that, uh, you know, I love that he ripped the axe out of his own side and like fucking utilized it. Like it would have been crazier if he kept onto that. But the weapon play in this game, and then okay, I'm sorry, weapon play in this movie. That was another thing, and I don't know if it was actually an allude to the games or not. And I was really trying to think about it because I'm like, it could be coincidence, but at the same time, like case in point, when Kano's fighting. Uh, we're going to call him reptile because I can't remember his fucking name at the moment. Uh, dude, when he grabs the sledgehammer, that straight up reminds me out of like deception when you could grab the arena or like the arena weapons. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just, it felt like that to me, 
whether that was actually the nod or not. Um, what other? I don't think there was a couple other ones besides the axe. I think too. But so we got two more, and our next guy up is Mr. Logan James. So let's hear from Logie. Hey, how's everyone doing tonight? Name's Logan James. I'm here to give you my review on the new Mortal Kombat movie. Now, I'm going to dive right in and say Kano was the best in the whole movie. I thought what they did with them was awesome. I thought he was hilarious, clever. I thought he did a great job. Um, don't think he's dead, so I think we'll see him in the sequel. I think he's going to have that metal mask that everyone knows of. I definitely think he's going to return. Um, I definitely like what they did with the catchphrases. I thought that was nice of them to include that in there, as well as the fatalities of the different characters. I think they did better. CGI looks way better than um, the first movie and Annihilation, so that's good to see they worked on that. Um, feel bad for Kung Lao, because I feel like he gets shafted every movie, every video game, somehow, some way. He always just always gets in, always has to bite the bullet every single time. I don't know why, but I, that's just how I feel. Um, but no, overall, I think it was a solid movie. I thought the fight scenes were solid. Um, the storyline, I feel like the story could have been a little better. Like, it wasn't terrible, but it could have been a little better. Um, you know, confused on, like, Cole Young's, like, suit of armor. Didn't really understand that, so I don't watch that a second time to understand it. But overall, I'd probably give it seven, seven and a half out of ten. Um, that Sub Zero and Scorpion fight at the end was that was that was just awesome to see. Um, but however, I am excited for the sequel to come out because we get to see a lot of people's favorite character Ooh. for the sequel, <laughs> and that is Johnny Cage. So excited for that! Hopefully, the sequel be um, the same, if not better. Um, especially since the tournament hasn't happened yet, so I'm excited to see what happens with the tournament. But overall, seven, seven and a half out of ten. That was a decent movie, solid movie. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, that's it for my review. Big shout out to Johnny D. Big shout out to Brody. Um, thanks for you guys uh, having me on here and doing my review. Appreciate it. Hope everyone has a good night. All righty, and thank you, Logan, for that. Bloody legend. Um, yeah, dude. So it seems like everybody just right off the bat, they kind of all have the same. Most of us, I will say, have the same feeling. Really enjoyed it. All realize it's not a perfect movie. You know what I mean? I think anybody can see that right from the get go. So I saved the best for last. And I say the best for last mm-hmm. because this is our uh, dear heart right here. Mr. Scuba Steve himself oh, with oh. his review. And his is a little dark, but it's okay because you know what? It's almost kind of fitting for the movie because the movie was a little dark in some scenes. So, hey guys, go. what's up? School Steve here. And I watched Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and I was disappointed in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Let me tell you why I was disappointed in Mortal Kombat. The fight scenes were great, okay? So it wasn't the fight scenes, the gore was great. It wasn't the gore that I was disappointed in. I was disappointed in the structure of the story. It seemed so fucking rushed. We waited how long for a great Mortal Kombat movie, and they finally give it to us, and it is a clusterfuck of rush. That's all I can say. 
um, they they bitched out so many characters in this movie. Like Liu Kang, how you gonna? He was so soft. That was not Liu Kang. <laughs> I don't know who that was, but that was not Liu Kang. And Goro, don't even get me started on Goro. Kano, for me, was the saving grace of this movie. The fight yeah, yeah. between Scorpion and Sub Zero was great. Cole did not need to intervene in that. There, there, there was really no point. Like, it made it seem like Scorpion couldn't hold his own with Sub Zero. And I mean, come on, come on. We all know, we all know that uh, Scorpion is the fucking man. You know what I mean? It, it just, it was all over the fucking place. It was rushed. Is it a fun movie? Yes. Is it a masterpiece? Of course not. Is it better than the original? Yeah. Will I watch it again? Of course. That's all that matters. But <laughs> it's just not what I expected. You know, uh, they could have given us more backstory for all the characters, regardless of if we needed it or not as fans. They could have given us a little bit more backstory. I feel and tweak things up a little bit just to make the movie flow a little bit better than it actually did. So I'm going to give this movie five, five golden dragons out of 10. And that's my score. See you boys later. Thank you. Now, real, now, real quick, you know, you know, Steve probably dressed up to the T and, and no one got pictures with him. So that's why he's pissed first off. But <laughs> it's I just very say, possible. I, I mean, he does I, make I, some I, sweet masks. He that has to now. It, it, he'll probably tell us, but that seemed like he made that right after he got out watching it, you know, but <laughs> he, he also he also looked like he was straight up, you know, decked out. Went in there and, and no one's like, I don't want pictures with you, bro. But I'm just, I'm just giving them shit. But, you know. <laughs> no, it, it, listen, I mean, Scoob's not the only person I've seen shitting on this movie. Obviously, oh, sure. dude. I feel like the internet's definitely like straight up split. It's either, yeah. and it's not even like you love it. You know what I mean? I think you, it's like there's people who love it for what it is. You know what I mean? Like they, they realize the shortcomings, but they still enjoy it because sure. they know what it is. And then there's the people who are just like, no, fuck that shit. That's that garbage. And you know, it, 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 everybody's got a difference of opinion. I'm going to say to, at least for my rebuttals for scuba Steve's, I'm going to agree with Goro. Yes. I, I can't defend that. Unfortunately, he, he should have been, he should have been utilizing, like he should have been like fighting all of them. You know what I mean? It shouldn't have just been Cole. I get that Cole needed a push, but I feel like you could have put some other character in that spot and still saved Goro for the end. Just my yes. thoughts. I'll agree with uh, Scuba on two things. Yes, the Goro scene. And also, well, yeah, Cole Young fighting with Scorpion against Sub-Zero. I, did, I, did, I was like, why the fuck do you have to be there? Just let uh, Scorpion get his fucking revenge. You just worry about your family and fuck off. Just simple as that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, it was like, it, it is cool that, yeah, they're linked somehow and all that shit. But yeah, I, I agree with Scoob on those two things. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but like you said, Johnny, I've seen a lot all over the fucking internet, like people ragging on it. And, and if they do like it, it's not like a hundred percent. Like it was fucking amazing. It was like, yeah, it was really good for what it was or but, um, and, and you know what? Some people might just think that's too accepting, I guess. I don't know. Like I said, I've dude, I've been, I mean, obviously we're fucking huge MK fans. We started a fucking podcast just to fucking talk about it. 
So it's, I, I know all the lore. I know all the bullshit, dude. And anytime they give me Mortal Kombat, I'm still going to eat it up. And maybe that's my own issue. You know what I mean? Like, oh. maybe, maybe I'm just too accepting of it. That's fine. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, it. Not that you should ever warrant a second watch to need to understand a movie more. You know what I mean? So I, I will give that or however you need to take that. But watching this a second time definitely helped clear some things up, like Logan mentioned. Yes. Uh, especially when it came down with the Akana and stuff like that. Once again, this is a very fast movie. It moves quick. So if you're not paying attention, you're going to fucking miss shit. And you're dealing with so many characters. I mean, you can't really fucking make a four-hour movie creating backstories for each character. I mean, we already sort of know what these characters are all about. Like, and you're right. And we have for 25 years for most of right. these characters. Um, and, you know, I guess my other biggest complaint, I don't know if it's really a complaint so much, but the villains in this were just straight-up fodder. Besides Cabal. Cabal, I feel, was the only one that they gave some good lines to. They actually, like, flushed him out a little bit more as a character. But, like, Natara was literally a fight. They were like, hey, here's Natara. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she shows up, flies around in one area, shows up, flies around another area, fucking, and then literally we get one of the most brutal scenes in this fucking goddamn movie. Just... So juicy. <laughs> now see, now see. Here's 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 my weird outwardly concept of this whole situation. Where, yeah, like Goro and stuff like that. I did it, and and it's funny too because Steve already hit on it, and it sucked that he mentioned it first. And not it's it's just the wrestling aspect of it because for me, I'm thinking, you know, I grew up on corny ass video games and '80s wrestling storylines. So right. for me, the Scorpion Cole thing, I seen a whole passing the torch where Scorpion's coming back to do his thing, but also it's like he, Scorpion may know that he has to kind of hand off this situation. I feel like there's a bigger element there. And, I, and every time something happened that I was going to bitch or complain about, I immediately start thinking, okay, Goro died way too fast and how he died. And then and this or that, and then Nataro and whatever. But then I kept thinking when uh, Shang Sun talks about when he kind of wraps them all up in that smoky aspect of shit. He's taking them somewhere and mm -hmm. now they're going to be some undead avenged version of themselves. So they're going to, I feel like they're going to be back and they're going to be a little bit different. And so for me, I immediately was going, well, that fucking, well, you know what? Why are they all into this, you know, this thing? And then he's, you know, he kind of, I don't remember his exact wording, but the way he was talking, he was like, you saying yeah. death is just another door pretty much yeah. like death is another dimension yeah. to which if you played the games uh yeah. you know mk9 we literally lose half of our roster in the middle of that game and they all become revenants and anybody that's paid any attention to mortal Kombat, nobody ever truly dies in mortal Kombat. you know what i mean yeah. everybody's yeah. getting resurrected or brought back some way or fucking another or we're just fucking whole restarting the timeline just so everybody can come back. You know what I mean? It's happened a few different times. Um, that being said, man, I just. Corey makes a great point there, though, because like uh, this film was when, when, when they disappear in the smoke and you know that if we do get the sequel, they can come back. Mm -hmm. This was basically just a whole training exercise for these characters to gain their powers and mm -hmm. become for the for the tournament. When you really break that down and think about it. Um, 
which I as I hope we do get the fucking C in the sequel, the tournament. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. the actual tournament. <laughs> yeah, that's and, yeah. and I think a lot of our characters could change in between. Okay, okay, so to go with what Scoob was saying, with Liu Kang was soft. He was definitely he was not the Robin Shaw Liu Kang that we know. No. In that Liu Kang, obviously, he was a little bit more disgruntled. He didn't want to be part of the, you know, he didn't want to be part of the Order of the Light. His younger brother got killed. Like, he doesn't want any part of this shit where this Liu Kang was accepted into it. So he's literally like, I'm going to do anything and everything for Lord. You know what I mean? Like, this is more the old school, actual, traditional video game Liu Kang. Yeah. Um, I, I like that they kind of had him more look up to Kung Lao because usually it's kind of the other way around. Like, Kung Lao is always like, the second bastard child i feel like in every game and like logie said that motherfucker always gets killed off in one way or another dude they killed him off in two they killed him off in nine you know what i mean (laughs) he just he just fucking they just work him so bad but you know with him being dead obviously he might be going into the second movie with a way more fucking grizzled attitude going into this tournament because obviously he's going to avenge his cousin and all so I can only hope, man. That's that's all I can say is fingers crossed. I only hope we get a sequel. And before we go into any behind the scenes, there's any other things you guys want to discuss? Like, I think I know what the biggest one of the questions is, what the fuck is Cole's power? You know what I mean? Like his arcana or arcana, if I'm saying it right. My interpretation was he's literally a conduit for Scorpion. Yes. His his armor was the ribbon or the, you know, I'm not sure the correct word, but the, the roping. Good, the good luck charm. What's that? That good luck charm that is. Uh, yeah. Game yeah. yeah. It was, but it was like, it was yeah, Scorpions like wrapping on his, um, on his spear. So obviously like once all that energy got kind of built up and then once his blood connected with the blade, that's what actually like ignited Scorpion to be able to come back. So, I don't, I don't know. It's not a, it's definitely not the best power. I feel like they could have gave him something a little better than like I can make Tonfas, but this also might explain to where, like how Tarkatans and stuff can do it too. If we get them in the second one, cause obviously that's very close to Baraka having the buck and blade arms and shit like that. So, and there's actually kind of a nod here. This is fucking super dope, but there's always been a fake ninja that, fans made that they wanted to get in the game called chrome and it's k h yeah like that so he's a silver ninja but his ninja his arms go into like t2 fucking stabbing like very similar to that so but unfortunately i don't think it was any nod to him a lot of people are looking but you know well, and then a lot of people are just saying like uh, he's he's a straight up creative character with uh with Wakanda powers, you know. And I, I, I heard yeah. that whole, and that that was immediate for me. I was like, oh, he's and as soon as he got punched the first time with that armor, I go, oh, he's fucking absorbing it. I've already seen this, you know. And I was like, I just wish there was a a, a little bit different aspect because I. I immediately made that connection, which it shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't, but I was like, how can you not? Cause Marvel, the universe is so big. It's right. like, you're not going to be able to separate that unless you really try to later on. But that it was just too. Now obvious, here's, the, you know, now here's but, the weird part about that. And I'll ask you, cause I did say <coughs> this before is so obviously when we see him fighting Goro and Goro's punching him, his armor's turning red from all the absorption. Like you just said, why does that not happen in any other scene? 
is it only because like maybe Goro so because like when Melina's fighting him, I mean obviously she's saying him with the size, but you always see sparks. Sub Zero's punching him, you know, you still always see you don't see that red like absorption. So like I don't you know what I mean? Like was he already built up enough to where he only had to bleed on the spear in order to bring it back or bring back Scorpion? You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I almost wish they just changed it so it wasn't just the Tonfas. Like his armor just made any kind of weapon that he could think of. Like I feel like that would have been almost more like that would have been sweeter. You know what I mean? I don't know. Or like maybe his like whole arm like morphs into something. But my biggest thing is I guess the flexibility of the armor. It just looked weird in some scenes. Like you could see him like <laughs> I don't know. Well, and it, was, and it was just the upper body. It was like wearing you know an Under Armour shirt. A really nice. Designed Adam Robert. I was like, right, okay, it's just a, that's a nice gold shirt you got there. You know, I, I, it just felt kind of <laughs> odd because it literally cut off at the wrist, it cut off at the waist. I'm assuming, unless it's a leotard, I don't know. Um, has it's some ninja pants on, I don't know, right? But, he does, he's got them sweet, fucking, uh, you gotta have the wavy like sweatpants, dude, all the way. So, I think it's time. Uh, we hit a little behind the scenes, Brody. What do you say? I say that's a swell idea there, Mr. Johnny D. You want to take it away, bud? Yes. Yes, I can. Um, so Hanzo uses a kanai in his garden. Uh, the kanai was originally used as a multi-purpose gardening tool by Japanese peasants. Mm-hmm. What a fucking dope scene that was, dude. That was fucking incredible shit. Oh. Uh, in Raiden's temple, we see Kano try and steal the amulet of Shinnok, as we spoke about earlier. We also see the blue-bladed fans we all know in the hallway, obviously. Referent. Refer- uh, fuck. You got it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, they're from Katana, right? They're fucking hers. Um, so the Red Band trailer hit 116 million views in its first week, becoming the biggest Red Band trailer besting the four-day mark of Logan from 2017 and Deadpool. Two from 2018. Very nice. Nice achievement. Brody um, and I probably deal with half. Brody and I were probably half of those numbers alone. Great <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, Max Hung, that plays Kung Lao, was once a member of Jackie Chan's stunt team and during filming would pitch ideas to make the choreography better. He even used his background to retain himself when he was adopting his character's fighting style, which was vastly different from his own training. And you know what? I'm going to appreciate that because that dude, he, him playing Kung Lao, man, he had the movesets down. Yes. Like he had the fucking multi punch that they introduced in like MK9 and they've had since then, which made me super fucking happy. My only, why didn't he teleport more? We only got one teleport with him, goddammit. And that's when he got introduced, right? Yeah, that was when he, yeah, yeah. yeah, when he hit Sub Zero with the hat and then he did his little (laughs) fucking flick up. And it's like, why didn't he get to do that? Like, oh my God, dude. Then his tornado, they didn't give him the whirlwind. But once again, even though I think Shang Tsung's took his soul, you never know. We mortal, you never die in Mortal Kombat. So you can see Robin and Shotgun. Uh, nah, I can't even sock now. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> fuck. Brody stroke out, jumped, jumped the page. You can have where, it. Yeah, right. Where were we, buddy? Uh, Joe Taslam credits his son with helping him make the, de- uh, the decision to play Sub Zero in the film. Nice. It's pretty cool. Uh, right. This word. <laughs> Hiroki 
Hiri, Hiriyuki Sun, Sanada prepped for his role as Hanzo by playing all the games prior to filming. He was quoted as saying, of course I was beaten every time, just losing and losing, he laughs. But I kept at the games to learn the stories, the backgrounds, and the characters. It was so much fun. Absolutely. That's great. You got to love that, dude, when somebody's going to get so far in the character that they're actually going to put time in the games, even though they've never played them beforehand. Like, that that just makes me happy. <laughs> uh, Darren Shal, yeah, fuck me, Shalavi, who played Kano in the MK Legacy series, uh, was actually expected to uh, reprise his role for the new film. However, he passed away before production began. Interestingly uh, and sadly enough, the actor Trevor Goddard, who played Kano in '95, also passed away in 2005. The Kano curse. Yeah. So we need to look out. We need to look out for Josh Lawson, dude, because I don't want him to go. He was too good. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. Uh, it is mentioned that Cole took the title from Eddie Tobias, as we've already stated back in the golden days, and that's the nice little nod to the series creator Ed Boone and John Tobias. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Corey, for that one. Uh, Rain was originally added into the script, however, was later axed before production. That sucks. Yeah, that would have been a sweet character to have in, dude. Prince of fucking, the actual Prince of Adenia. Uh, Lewis Tan was originally cast as Kung Jing in a unreleased web series that was to be known as Mortal Kombat X Generations. So that being said, I wonder if he had some kind of contract with Warner Brothers and that's why the studio in itself pushed so hard for the Cole Young character. Yeah. Because that was one thing that was noted by the director is it wasn't even necessarily them that was pushing it. It was Warner Brothers in itself. They wanted yeah. a completely new to the audience character. So, yep. Let's see. Yeah. Go, go Power Rangers. Ludi Lin, who is Liu Kang, is the second Black Ranger from the Power Rangers franchise to be in Mortal Kombat or in a Mortal Kombat production. The first going to the talented Johnny Young Bosch at who voiced the character Kong Jing in 2015's Mortal Kombat X. Yeah. Google Power Reach. I put that in that last for TJ. I hope he hears that one. <laughs> I'm sure he will. <laughs> Alrighty. So now that we've talked about behind the scenes, we're going to go back and dive into some of our questions. Oh, yeah. And yeah, man, I mean, God damn, dude. I love this movie. <laughs> Fucking dude. Oh, it's, it's as much as I complain about it, dude, I still am just like, nope. And that's how I was with the 95 one, man. I think I watched that shit like three times back to back when I rented it. I'll still fucking watch it. Oh, of course, dude. I have it right over there uh, next to the DVD player <laughs> on top of Annihilation and then Scorpion's Revenge is right under that. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So the first big question of the day is how did you watch this? Well, I watched this in the cinema, as I spoke about earlier, twice, um, and it was a great experience. I mean, uh, I've actually – right, so down here in Australia, I've, every time I've been in the cinema and watched the movie, you don't really get any, like, emotion. It's just, it's just fucking emotionless, right? When I watched this and every time Kano graced the uh, scene, so just chewing up each scene he was in, the whole cinema was in hysterics. Like, we just – loved his character fucking so much um 
and just I think it's all due to the fact that we can relate to him down here. But yeah, um, it was just an awesome experience to actually set, like feel that you know there was a lot of emotions in that. So, and it, it's nice when you get that theater experience of like the theater actually all you know laughing or like shocked all at the same moment and you know what i mean i don't know it just adds to that much more like i feel like you just feel it that much more than you normally would just watching it at home well you look at it from a director's point of view that's what you want to do to your audience you want them to fucking like if you're making a horror movie fucking scared scream at the screen you know and i mean if i was if i was a director uh simon sitting in this audience i would have been just absolutely jizzing everywhere fuck me <laughs> no, just going off hard it was great it was a good experience but yeah uh yeah awesome cory how'd you catch this bad boy uh man i bought tickets uh two days prior uh to go to the theater with my family at 7 p.m central standard time um and i man i was like i'm real particular about where i sit in a theater mm-hmm. and i and the, the theater I particularly go to, they got the leather reclining automatic bullshit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which, which sucks sometimes because if the movie's not good, or if you're just deciding to go to a late flick, <laughs> my big ass is going to fall asleep. Yeah. And that's dad mode, oddly, bro. I understand. <laughs> and oddly enough, and this is nothing against the movie. I fell asleep to oh, two weeks ago, but when I went and seen Godzilla versus Kong, dude, I fell asleep right before the big fight and I was Ooh. pissed, but I didn't get the seats I wanted. And I just kind of fell out of the element. I mean, I got to be dead center, probably about eight rows back and they're still doing social distancing, but I mean, I made sure I was like, boom, dead center. And then I was like maybe eight rows from the, the screen, which is perfect. I mean, you're peripheral. It's, it's like, okay, right. This is it. I'm in, I'm in the epicenter of everything. So I, when this movie was you know going to be released, I'm like, okay, my ass is going to be in it. This is a theater movie. Okay. Because the last thing a director wants, I think is like, I can't wait to direct a movie for home entertainment purposes. Like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a totally different experience. And there's a reason I can't make it through a movie at my house. Half the time is because I'm a little bit too relaxed. So I have to put myself in that element, but this movie for me in the theater with the surround, with the, the people there, the audience, um, it, and with my wife, just tackling at Kano, Dude, it, it was that's that's the experience I wanted. I, I, I got what I paid for. So, Excellent. hands down. And you know what, man? I completely understand. I'm the same way. I need that like almost dead middle, <laughs> dead uh, right in the middle of the rows and the middle of the yeah. screen. Like I want to be just pinpoint center fucking view. Right. Um. So I went and saw this at our home theater. Uh, shout out to Trek Cinema. I saw it there and then the next day I actually went and enjoyed it in IMAX and I've never got to see a movie in IMAX besides like okay. documentary shit back in the day. It was fucking awesome, dude. I, uh, once again, picked my seats out very strategically. I was like, Nope, we're going to go H row right in the fucking dead center. Yeah. And yeah, dude, it, you feel like you're in the fucking goddamn movie at that point, dude. It was just great. And it, it was, <laughs> You, you know, I was able to catch so much more, obviously not, not just being a bigger screen, but seeing it the second time. Now I'm like, okay, I don't have to pay attention to the main shit. Now I can look for all the extra bullshit. Exactly. And uh, yeah, it was a great fucking, it was a great run. I still kind of want to catch it in 40 X though. I think that movie would be phenomenal in that. 
And are they still showing it in that? I got to check. But like I said, they were only doing like one showing a day. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of a bitch to try to get to because it's like right after my work gets out and I fucking work like an hour and a half away from that theater. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, fuck. fuck. Yeah, exactly. I don't really want to take more time off for the movie, but you know, we'll see how it goes. So that leads, and I feel like we're all going to probably say the same on this one. <clears throat> Favorite character of the movie, gentlemen. Yeah, it's probably biased of me to say who I think we're all thinking. So I'm going to say Brody say was my favorite character. Brody. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you kindly, gentlemen. Yes. I appreciate yeah. it. You, your acting was phenomenal, sir. Like, yeah. God damn. Ah, stop it. You're fucking embarrassing me over here, mate. You know, I will say, though, and even I, my buddy Joe was with me, and he even said the same thing. He's like, it's fucking Brody, dude. And I was like, I know. I was like, but here's the difference. If this was Brody. We would have definitely got a good old uh, see you next Tuesday at least once in there, if not a good <laughs> twice. That was my like other problem with Kano. Oh, he never said the word. And I'm like, fuck, very disappointing, mate. And, and I kind of. Yeah, one job, one job. Right. I was like, bro, I was like, you're, you're doing the pissed off Australian. There's no way that's not in your vocabulary at this point. Oh, I would have. And even in the second viewing, I was like, I would have introduced it in this scene with Sonia. I would have introduced it here. Like. Endless possibilities. It, if it didn't, if it wasn't in the scene where his arcana showed up, that, that should have been the main scene it definitely was in. You know what I mean? Like, besides maybe like in the beginning when he was first shown and like shackled up or something. But yeah, well, I'm fucking kind of. Yeah, you say you should have fucking. Yeah, obviously said it then. But I want a fucking egg roll. Kung <laughs> <laughs> Pao. Fucking egg roll. Oh, my God. Dude, oh, the, his lines were just great. The fucking. Yes shove that shove that sombrero so far up your ass you're gonna start speaking spanish a hubcap a hub hubcap i was like dude i'm done i was like oh <laughs> but it's just like fantastic, dude. right three million dollars deal i was going there anyway yeah fuck with well i think the best one was uh well tell me how to get there all right get a pen and paper all right write this down Get fucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, you tied me up. You tied, you tied me up. Me. You threw a knife on my fucking leg. On purpose. <laughs> Which was, <laughs> that was fucking great, dude. Ah, oh, that's yeah, fucking real quick, real quick, wasn't most, of, was most of his dialogue literally like. Ad-libbed? Um, uh, yeah. I think. It uh, sure I, don't, like it. I don't know if most of it was, but yeah. a lot of it was. Which. Thank God the director let him do it, man. Cause yeah. you know, <laughs> like fucking great. <laughs> like you were saying with your wife was laughing, dude, that was our whole theater. It was, oh, yeah. everybody was just a, well, it, it shit, probably dude. was, but she's sitting next to me like, you know, and it, she was, you know, she wasn't being sarcastic. She was enjoying it, which I didn't really expect her to, even though she's a big Mortal Kombat fan. I just didn't really know if that was her thing on a Friday, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. And you know, it works so well. Yeah. And honestly, and, and some people might disagree, I could actually see from where the director's standpoint is of why they wouldn't have had Johnny Cage in this movie, given how much screen time Kano got yeah. and the way their personalities are. Because it would have been, it wouldn't have been an action movie. It would have just been fucking hilarious, like hilarious one-liners one after well, the other. And it would have <laughs> took away from Sub-Zero and Scorpion in a heartbeat. You know, right. It, that, that camaraderie, I'm sure. Like, you, you comedic banner, you need you, but if it's not a comedy, you don't need it a hundred percent of the fucking way. You know what I mean? Like, so I get it. And, and 
like I said, I agree with Logan. I don't think he's dead. Yeah, you no, only see sub. Either. You don't. You only see Shang Tsung take away Sub Zero and Goro at the end, but that doesn't necessarily mean he didn't pick up the rest of his squad in the smoke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just so we'll see. We'll see. It's, yeah, it's definitely hinted at, and I think they'll bring him back with the actual metal eye, even though he hasn't got that power anymore. He's already had that fucking power. He wants that metal eye with right. The so they vein, yeah. right because he's going to want that Arcana back. So and obviously his eyes fucked from the gnome, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, anybody could ask like who who could save him. Like, there's other members in Black Dragon that they could easily introduce, like Kira and fucking Cobra and some other shit. Obviously, like Cabal wasn't dead yet, but you know what I mean. Like, they could either wreck on it or have some bullshit. Like, oh, somebody picked him up right after this after Sonya left. You know what I mean? Like, he was still like his heart was still beating, so they saved him. So. Next question is, who is your least favorite character? Natara. Okay. She was just pretty underutilized. She, she, was, she was just thrown in there as an extra, I felt. She didn't, she had fucking no emotion. She was an emotionless fucking thing. She just flied around. And then I think she was just in there for a fatality pretty much. And I'm yeah. glad she got fucked up. Dude, I'm glad they did it MKX style, man. Where they literally yeah. show you see the whole fucking skeleton like halfway. Oh, oh. beautiful. Well, and then it real quick with that, the, the they you know they said the practical blood effects. They did use practical blood effects effects uh, a couple times when on a when Kung Lao got hit in the face. Mm-hmm. That was all very much practical, and, and I believe they even quoted him saying he was Dude, that was a fucking mess. <laughs> like he was, I bet, was nuts, you know. So <laughs> I had one buddy reach out. He goes, "What did fucking Sam di- or Sam Raimi fucking direct this movie?" And I was like, "No," because if he did, there would have been way more. <laughs> I can understand where you're going. Sure. <laughs> I mean, you got James Wan producing it with Atomic Monster. Like you know, you're in for a fucking good time with right. Splatterfest at least. That's true. Least favorite. I mean, Natara is a good choice for that. I think I'm actually going to have to go with Rieko, though. Ooh. Because I don't know what it fucking was, man. But I don't know if that dude, like, and that dude's acted before. I'm drawing a blank on his name at the moment. Nathan. Nathan. Nathan, uh, Yes. He's He's uh, in Mad Max. Fury. He's in Mad Max. I think he was in WWE for a while, right, Corey? Yeah. Yes. I just can't remember the character name. He was a big Aussie guy. I know that. Um, he was in the wrestling, but it's something about his facial mannerisms. Like he literally just kept doing the same, like, ah, like that. He never spoke. He never, like he had no, like he they didn't even give him a fucking line, dude. They could have gave him at least one goddamn line. They just made him sit there and look pretty much fucking retarded, dude. Like <laughs> I don't, and he's a goddamn, he's supposed to be a general of fucking Shao Kahn's army. Like he, you know what I mean? Like he wouldn't be this big moronic henchman number two, like in the back. Like, I don't know. Like once again, I, like I said, the enemies in this were fodder for sure, except for Cabal. I feel Cabal was the only one that they kind of gave a little bit of an edge up on, but yep. he's also a big fan favorite too. <laughs> So who you got, Corey? Who's your least favorite, buddy? Man, I couldn't get into Raiden at all. I just yeah. dislike everything about him. I just I understand he's supposed to be. He did not feel like a leader. He didn't feel like a dominating presence. Just because you can shoot lightning out of your fingers or your ass, it doesn't matter to me. Because if that's what's carrying your character is the special yeah. effects, it doesn't do it for me. I just didn't feel like in his eye the the way they decided to do his eyes. 
I'm like, just make those things bright as shit and just totally white it out. Don't give them some haze. To, I just, yeah. for me, I just couldn't mm. get into his character. And now, is it because I'm such a, I got stuff in, embedded in my brain as a kid from the original one? No, it has nothing to do with like someone's, you know, race and all that stuff. I don't care. But as a character, I'm like, I just don't feel you, you don't feel like the God of thought, you know, you don't feel like, you know, right. That character to me. So, and I just, I, I can agree with that. Just, and not that, not that they're going to go with, uh, <laughs> once again, they're not going to do everything exactly from the game. Like yeah. we talked about before, but Raiden's supposed to be a seven foot tall fucking God. You know what I mean? We got a fucking five foot three <laughs> fucking Chinese dude. And he's, I'm not saying he's not a bad actor, I haven't seen him personally in anything else other than this, but I agree. Like he just, he seemed kind of lackluster for who Raiden should have been. And I know I'm not, yeah. you know, this, this might get some uh, blood on my hands here. I know sure. even Christopher Lambert or Christopher Lambert. I don't know how you just want to say it professionally, uh, <laughs> but like, you know, some people didn't even like him as Raiden in the original, but I thought yeah, he, man, his, his voice. Yeah. He, like he just that deep raspiness like, worked so well for me. Like, and with with Lambert, like that was a whole like movie star aspect of it. They had to bring in a bigger name to at least get because they didn't know how that movie was going to go. Now, I'm not saying they needed a. <laughs> I'm not saying that you know they, but if if his voice was more demanding, it I can maybe that, that would have helped. I don't know something, but it, every time I he showed up, I'm like, I don't want to look at your face right now. I just don't want to do it. But everyone else, <laughs> everyone else, I enjoyed. But for me, Raiden just ugh, not not to where I was hoping it would be. But everyone they, else, I was cool with. No, you're right. They should have went. The, the biggest thing I think was his eyes too. They yeah. should have just solid white dude. That, that yeah. whole fucking just. It looks like, it, it, yeah, it's just too much computer bullshit at the time that you yeah. don't need computer bullshit. <laughs> just give them some fucking full white contacts. We'll make yeah. them suffer through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like practical is always the way to go. <laughs> so sticking with our show, uh, you know, how are we going? Favorite fatality, gentlemen. Well, Kang Lao's hat sore on the tar. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. It was perfect. It, 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 oh man! Yeah, clearly whoever did that scene has been paying has been paying attention to the games of the last few iterations. Absolutely like hard. Um, I'm gonna have to agree, man. That, that shit right there—that was just that oh fuck moment. <laughs> you were and even crazy. his face when all the blood's like spraying in, he's like, ah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so and then. Yeah, and just setting it up. As soon as he flips that hat and it dugs into the ground, you're like, it's about to go down. Like mm -hmm. just the whole setup and then, and then the, the you want to talk about climax, TJ. I climax <laughs> right there. So, you know, that was the sis moment right there. You yeah, have to get yeah. to the end. I mean, okay, so I gotta give obviously we had a couple more kills. I think the runner-up has to be though, is Jax's head smashed on Rieko. Just because obviously that was great too. My issue with those fights, Brody brought it up before, they were fat. They were too fast. Like they, j I don't know if it's because they split like three fights into one fucking montage, and they should have just separated each one. You know what I mean? Not to compare it to the original, but there's, a, you know what I mean? Like you had the Liu Kang fight, 
Then you had Sonya Blades fight. Then you had Johnny Cage's fight. Then you go back to Liu Kang. Kind of should have went with that aspect instead of like, okay, we got Jack's fighting Rieko, but at the same time, we got this shit going on over here. And then this one over here. It was like, it is almost too much. You you would have better off just giving us an extra like 10 to 15 minutes just to help spread that out a little bit Breathe, more. A little bit of breathing room. Just, just something, right? Like yeah. just, I feel like you would have been much more involved in the fights. Not to mention, I don't, okay, yeah, they got their powers, but they're still going against these assholes that know how to fight. You know what I mean? They're not just going to go in and like kick their ass. They're going to have to fucking work for it. But so, all righty. Best scene, gentlemen. Hmm. Oh, no. I do do really like this uh, Sub-Zero and Scorpion fight scene. Um, but he, here's a really – I really wish I had got more of this because I love Cabal so much. And it was that little dialogue between Kano and Cabal. I really fucking mm. enjoyed that. I, I wanted to see more. And it was just those two basically like bagging each other out back and forth to the point where um, – Cabal got inside Kano's head and turned him against the fucking, obviously. But you know, Kano was never going to turn out to be the good guy, obviously. Um, and I'm glad yeah, that, that I'm glad about that because they were yeah. kind of alluding to like that when they first dropped the trailers. It was very, uh, it, it threw us all off for a little bit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But I, yeah, but other than that honorable mention, I'm going to have to go Sub Zero and Scorpion. I mean, that was the fucking fight we were all waiting to see. Um, no, are we talking final fight, I'm assuming? Or are we sorry, talking final fight. Okay. Yeah, final nope. fight. No, you're yeah. fine. Just that revenge makes it a bit more powerful, powerfully driven, I reckon. Absolutely. Corey, buddy, how, what was your favorite scene? Uh, man, the, the buildup for Kano and that whole dialogue back and forth where he was just getting pissed and just the way they're interacting and it didn't feel forced. And, and at first I didn't know what they were doing. I'm like, they're really just going to cast him out. I didn't know they were building up for his, uh, how you say it? Arcana. I'm going to say it right. Yeah. I think it was Arcana. But anyways, like that for me, that dialogue back and forth, cause I was like this, I'm like, man, they're getting intense. And I kept like leaning forward, like what's going to happen. And man, his, his comebacks, his, the, the comedy aspect of him being pissed and just a little bit of a sizzling borderline racist stuff that was starting to develop. And, <laughs> and then you, then you find out, then you find out they're doing that to provoke him to get that arcana. And you're like, oh, that it just had a nice build up into that scene, but the back and forth, the dialogue, I just, I enjoyed the back and forth. And I was like, Holy shit like that. And they're like, okay, <laughs> that's, it was that simple. And then of course he's like, fuck y'all you know he's like i got a you know, laser eye and all this and, and then he started putting everyone else's shit to shame even after he was like so infused with fireballs and shit and lightning and what do i get you know and so <laughs> and you know what the best part was is like how heated he was in that scene to literally just 180ing as soon as he was like that was fucking it wasn't it <laughs> ah, it's just like fucking like another moment where the theater yeah. just fucking erupted in laughter. You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. Fucking fire, better than fireballs, you pussy. Oh <laughs> man. So I feel like I already know the answer. To oh, you know what? I didn't even say my best scene. I'm gonna have to go with the reptile fight, dude. I loved it. <laughs> it was. uh I thought it was shot really cool. I like, you know, how everything gets on fire. I, I like. I just like how you get that introduction into Kano. Obviously, he gets his fucking fatality, which is great. 
He even fucking te- like the taglines in this man, where he just, you know, he even says Kano wins. Like that's just fucking great, dude. They, you know, they yeah. say that. And obviously, yeah, that's just for our, us fans. Anytime they say like yeah. test your mind and all that shit. But at the same time, like the little inner kid in you was just squealing every time they fucking do it. But no, man, that was a great fight. It was a great scene. Like him using the uh, flare. Like that was, it was just, I don't know. It was a cool thing. I wish it lasted longer, but you know, once again, fast movie. So did the opening scene hook you in? 100%. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it would with anybody, honestly. I want to say almost like the, the, the beginning of the film was like probably the best shot part of the entire film. Yes. Like it was probably the one they were the most careful with because it was the one that was closest to the actual lore that they wanted to go. They definitely took their time with, uh, yeah, producing that scene very well, especially for us diehard fans. I mean, well, you, you don't get that in the fucking 95 um, version. So, and it's, yeah, it's it's a really cool story in itself, that little fucking Baihan and um, Hanzo fucking little story. And, I mean, if you execute an opening scene like that very well, that sets up the rest of the movie, I find. It, it makes, like, you only have to improve from there. Mm. So... Yeah, it was cool. It was really well done too. Very, very good. What do you think, Corey? Well, I don't get to tell people how I think because all that opening scene, all I had to do was see how my wife reacted to it and not during the movie. Since we got that scene prior to the film being released, that seven minutes, I made my wife come in here and watch that with me just to see how she would react. I had already kind of started it, but I didn't know the whole thing. So, she literally came in my office. I said, watch this. Let's watch this real quick. It's, she goes, well, what the fuck is it? I said, it's seven minutes of the movie we're going to see in three days. Just don't worry about it. Just watch it. Right. And uh, when she watched it and when it ended, she was so pissed. She goes, because it, well, it ended. Now I got to find out what the fuck happened to the baby. And, you know, she's she's in mom mode. And she go, and I was like, I guess we do have to go. See, that's and I hooked her in. And she was so hooked by it that it made it. it she would have went anyways. But she was like. Yep. We got to go see what happened. And then even dur- after the scene in the movie, she goes, where the fuck is the baby? And then, you know, then she goes, oh, great. Now lightning man has him. And, you know, she, she wasn't using correct terminology. <laughs> she goes, well, now what happens to the baby? And I was like, that's what we're going to find out. Don't right? worry about it. You know, <laughs> that's the whole point she, of this movie. <laughs> at the end of the movie, she's still like, well, I'd like to know the whole story, you know? And I'm like, well, it's like his triple great grandma i don't know like let's just chill out about it <laughs> right but no it, yeah it, it, if it can hook her it, it hooked me and the whole you want to talk about storytelling that was so just it man the back the fourth every every little element going on where it was shot how it was shot um, oh dude just beautiful yeah and then you know like <laughs> the is the, the, something as simple as dropping fucking water out of a bucket you know and and just that and stuff turning the eyes and just I was like damn this is real subtle and then that build up when they start fighting and then it's like is he dead is he not dead the baby's crying like it was like shit my head's about ready to explode because there's so many little nuance elements that are kind of building that up so and not to mention but they had to hit you with just that one moment before he went to get water to where he's like he looked at his wife he's like I cherish oh, yeah. and love you and they're just like 
You know, that just hits you that much harder. You're like, fuck, dude. He's just an all around goddamn good guy. Like, fuck. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, maybe it doesn't really tear at some people's heartstrings, but for me, it got, I was like, oh, I was like, goddamn it, you had to do that. Um, I don't know if you gentlemen have seen Scorpion's Revenge, but they actually took some tidbits from that and did that in the beginning of this, which I thought was fantastic. I'm glad they put their own spin on it. It wasn't a complete rip, but just with uh sub zero actually like making the icicles in his hands and shit like that. Mm. Like I thought they were going to end it like how they did in Scorpion's Revenge. And I'm kind of glad they didn't. But like I said, like just that alluding to it was awesome. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's beautifully shot, man. Like just the whole, just that little compound is the, the, the forest and everything looks great. The costumes look amazing. And it gives you so much in so little time that you're already like invested in this fucking character so hard. Like for even for your wife who has no fucking real life, you know what I mean? She's, yeah. She might know who he is, but you know, obviously not as deep as like maybe us or anything like that, but she was invested in it. Fucking I need to see this. So, so yeah, dude, opening scene definitely, I feel like would hook anybody. I think that's why HBO released the first seven minutes. Cause they're just like, yo dude, just check this shit out then see how oh, you yeah. feel. Mm-hmm. So did the score set the mood? I thought it was a good mix of uh orchestral into techno music almost. Yes. Yep. And I do like how they use actual uh, theme in some scenes. Like if it's just piano, you know, very soft key, then they build up to the fucking fight scenes. You hear that. That was was pretty cool. And it's not even like the 95 where it gives you the whole song. It's just that little bit. And then it goes into like different orchestral, like fight music and stuff. But yeah, honestly, I would have loved it to be a little bit heavier in some areas. Like for me, like, whether it's listening to shit at the gym, whatever, like sometimes I still have to, it could be so techno driven and that's part of it, but I need something to really kick me in the ass, especially if there's a sequence that's just so intense. I feel like it needs to, it needs to equal each other. And in some instances, I just felt like maybe it's a little bit too, you know, techno or ravish when it should be like, this kid's getting plowed in the face, man. Like I really wish it had just a, a, an extra, you know, guitar riff or an extra beat of a drum, just something else, just to That's liven fair. up the impact. But it, for me, it, it could have been. It was good, it wasn't great, but it was good in the sequencing. But I, I would have loved an, an extra pop in a, a few instances for sure. So I, I, I will point out uh, the emotional scenes, especially in that first oh, opening yeah. scene where Hanzo is crawling to his uh, kid crying. That if you actually watch that scene and listen to the score. That's fucking emotional. Like, it's very emotional scene, all due to the uh, music. And I, not only on top of that, dude, when he's just fucking, just that blood curdle when he's like oh. puking out the blood, that shit sounds so nasty. <laughs> like, he was just like, oh, he's really choking on that shit. Dude, I was yelling. I was like, leave yeah, it man. in. Don't pull it out. Leave right? it in. Like, oh, yeah, know, dude. Just leave it ah. in. You know? Like, it'll, it'll, it helps seal the wound a little bit. Like, fuck. <laughs> oh. And, it, dude, how fucking, like, I didn't see that coming. I, I didn't see yeah. Sub Zero killing Scorpion with his own weapon. That was kind of some yeah. fucking brutal justice right there, dude. Or I don't know how you want to even say it, but that was just that was wrong. <laughs> like fuck, dude. <laughs> just like holy shit. 
All right, where are we at now, gentlemen? Acting. Uh, acting. Acting. All right. I want to say most of it was actually pretty good. Yes. Uh, I feel like the cringiest moment to me, at least, was when they were in the void and Cole was doing his whole like motivational little speech thing. For some reason, that whole that just like felt like ah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we've seen yeah. it way too many. Yeah, I, it, and I'm not shitting on Power Rangers, dude, because I love Power Rangers. But that was definitely like a Power Rangers <laughs> fucking scene right there. You know what I mean? Like for sure, it was just I don't know. It was fucking TJ trying to stir us up, Lodi. Yeah, right. Uh, just put your hand over you know that's like you should have come on the show tj you you've uh he's he's very, unfortunately he's, at work. he's at least enjoying us though uh, very he's, opinionated he's still a part of the show dude we're making it as much as possible <laughs> well i thank you yes it is sexy yeah i mean i mean do you have great actors anyways especially with people portraying scorpion and sub-zero like they are phenomenal actors they probably could have gave, been given more scenes obviously but you know it we still got a two-hour fucking movie so i don't unless you're going into like a three to four hour movie right off the get-go i don't know what else we could really do like you could only fit so much but and i would say raiden's i, I kind of agree with Corey. like i don't know if it was his acting or just the guy that we, like i don't know something about him was just a little off too so and really quick, uh, and I don't mean to do this to the two, you know, if I feel like you got the two captains, right? Okay. So you got, you know, Raiden and, and Shang Sun. If it wasn't for Shang Sun's eyes going black, I think he starts to fall to me in the, in the Raiden category for me, because again, those guys are supposed to be like these ringleaders. And I, and, and maybe it's because of how they were used, but acting wise, I didn't see the emotion or the expressiveness from some of these other actors that I did, maybe they just didn't have the opportunity. I just felt like I seen your face enough, but you're not selling me on that character. And again, I'm not trying to pull in other movie references or video game stuff. I'm just like, in my mind, if you're, you know, the main protect, you know, the, the main bad guy or, you know, the main good guy, there needs to be, okay. You want to do power Rangers. Like Lord Zed had that commanding voice, that commanding mm -hmm. voice whatever and then you have um god uh what the fuck is his face <laughs> the, the, the guy the power rangers go to uh oh zordon zordon okay They're, you talk about like the contrast of their voices the, the the good the bad the poles this way and that way i feel like the good evil stuff if you're if you're the two main catalysts and you can't and I don't get that from your presence in the film, then it's really hard for me to invest in that character. So for me, the acting wasn't there, but maybe it's just how they edited or, or thought they were delivering it. But everyone else kind of stole that, that energy off of it, I think. So, but that's, I guess, but acting wise, I mean, you know, Cole was okay, but it just felt like every down and out, you know, fighter. And then, you know, Jack's character, um, man, when he got down and out about losing his arms, like I, I've never lost an appendage. I don't know, but he, I was like, well, I kind of sympathize for him, you know, a little bit right? and, and kind of believed the aspect of, of him being like emotionally drained. Like I got nothing to live for. And, and Sonya having to build them up. So there was, I don't know. There was a lot of pull between everybody, but I really think they could have, you know, gave some, some more pump to, 
right you know the, the two ringleaders of these you know the good and the evil aspect of it so yeah he definitely wasn't a uh kiri uh tagawa for sure I, and yeah I, i'll say this i feel like they could have just literally brought back kiri tagawa and just made him old man shang song at this point <laughs> yes. you know what i mean Fuck literally make man. him old school mk1 yeah. fucking silver hair long silver fucking mustache dude that presence alone everybody would have fucking creamed their jeans as soon as he walked on fucking scene like and that's just his face too not only his voice but his face commands that right like you okay. see him and that's instantly you're like fucking shanks on dude you know what i mean like you can't <laughs> your soul is mine yeah, even that didn't even that didn't just have the same like hit to it as it did in '95. But now, how did how did they word it again in this latest one? He didn't say it like that, but what? How do you? No, how did he, he said, it? Uh, and it really just killed it for me when he said it the way he said it, it was just. Yeah, so he didn't not- say it like pungent as, and I feel like, and I could be wrong. Uh, we'll we'll do this when we actually review the '95 movie, but I think Tagawa actually ad libbed that line because that wasn't anything that was written, and it it stuck so well they've used it in the games since then and shit so oh, what the hell you're right though he doesn't say your soul is mine he, or he does it he just the way maybe it might be just the way he says it honestly but all right so this is the big 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 question here was the introduction of cole young necessary no not really um well, I, I mean, they build the story up around this character. Um, and, and if you take him out, then they have to try and retell Scorpion's story in a sense. Um, but if you but if you did take him out, it would be no loss at all. I mean, you could have had Sub-Zero just come after Kano, Jackson, Sonya without Cole. Um, because I, I'm – and then just have like Sonya and that explore or try and find Raiden's temple because, I mean, Kano is the one that fucking took him there anyway. So mm-hmm. really, yeah, I, I don't know. I know they were trying to do something different and I appreciate that, but Cole didn't really need to be in this, um, in this film. But like, yeah, as I said, you take him out and you could have told Scorpion's story very differently. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't really think it was necessary at all. Corey, what are your thoughts, bud? I mean, for the context of this film, I mean, and not, you know, either thinking that there's going to be a sequel or whatever. There was nothing about it that, you know, made me get into that character to be like, God, I can't wait till I, you know, if, if there's a sequel and see him again or, um, but between that, his arcana, what he looked like it, you know, this washed up MMA fighter. I mean, it just, overall, I didn't, it just, yeah, it didn't feel necessary. And for them to go out and try to search for all these champions, I don't know. It just felt like a stretch to pull in this this character and and bring him in to be some kind of catalyst to, to steer through the world of Mortal Kombat. Um, but I could he could yeah I they could have easily done this without it. But no, there has to be some other reasoning behind it. I'm sure. So my guess is the reason they okay. So they didn't. I feel like they introduced him because they almost wanted to skip over the whole like Quan Chi and like, yeah, obviously he's still a, you know, Scorpion's still a specter, but they don't, you know, he resurrected himself. He wasn't resurrected to fight for the nether realm as we all know and stuff like that. Now we don't know if this is going to change. If we do get a sequel, if they're going to like retcon this 
You know what I mean? Maybe Bihan actually was Quan Chi in the beginning, like we always thought he was. Um, they could go a lot of different routes with this. With the introduction of Cole Young, like it's it's like they didn't even just they didn't want Scorpion to ever be like seen as a bad guy. You know what I mean? He's always just been the good guy, which is fine. That's taken Mortal Kombat a lot of years to get to that point to where Scorpion's actually seen as one of the good guys versus the bad guys. I mean, we're talking fucking nine games almost at that point. And it's just, I don't know, man. If, if they gave him a better power or something, or maybe even if they tweak it when he goes into the sequel, maybe now that Scorpion's been resurrected, you know, he can train and he can learn more of the Shirairu art, like fighting style and stuff like that, which would be amazing. And I hope that's what it goes to. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel like the Warner Brother producers that were really pushing for this new character just didn't. They just didn't get it, and I'm not. I don't get it myself. I'm not really sure why they needed to do it, because literally that's the whole reason Johnny Cage exists, is to be the guy going, "Yo, what the fuck's going on?" You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you don't need a new character to do that. And if Cage still does that, that means we're gonna do it all over again in a fucking sequel. Why? We we don't need to. We know everything. We know the tournament's gonna be happening. You know what I mean? Like, just a lot of weird reasons for it like i said i'm sure there it was sure there was some studio execs like nope this has got to be done and then nobody else could fight it but so yeah i don't know if he ever came up in a combat pack i might get him but we'll see get him to the shit out of him Brody's like, I'm not spending six bucks on that yeah for me it was so create a character-esque you know it just i'm like let me pick this random guy and let me throw a bunch of cool armor and shit on him what kind of pattern does he have I like Black Panther. Watch this. And it just felt too creative character to me. And that's literally what I'm calling him. Is he, you know, he gets the power to create a character. <laughs> it did feel like that, though. Before yeah. they even hit to that, I was like, is his power just getting his ass whooped? Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's kind of what it, Even when Kano was whooping his ass, he's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I think I see a little Arcana in there. Hold on. No. No. <laughs> Fucking A, dude. All right. So... And unfortunately, boss man's not here because he would love this question or maybe not. Nah, he might shit on this one. Um, did you like this cinematography? For the fight scenes, I did. I really enjoyed it. Um, they just, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said before, I just feel like we were a little bit cheated on certain things. Like um, even a few shots, I mean, like, they spend all this time in creating these awesome fatalities uh, through shots and fights and that, but it was a little bit mediocre at best in some scenes. Um, and I will point out some of the temple shots. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't, I don't know. It just didn't have that much punch about it like I thought it would. Um, but like what we, as we've spoke about, it's a very fast paced movie. And yeah, I don't know. As I said, the fight scenes, I think, are exquisite on the fucking eye. So I'm just going to stick to that, I think. All right. Corey, what are your thoughts, buddy? I, it's, sometimes it's really hard for me to to get in that mindset because I, I was enjoying the movie enough to where I couldn't go, hmm, this, this, this scene ain't doing it for me. Or, or like in the same photography aspect of things, it was, I was too dialed into what was going on in the character and how the characters were and, and their dialogue between each other that if there were issues, 
it didn't bother me and I didn't go, maybe yeah. it's a thing where I have to watch it a second time and go, okay, cinema photography only this time and, right. and then break it down. But if I can automatically look past that and not have that mindset going into it, I mean, I couldn't see something where I was like, Ooh, that really stood out. And that was shit. Not really, you know, so fair enough. Not, not, a, not a good question for me to answer. Cause I was, you know, pretty enamored by everything else that was going on. So no, it's all right, man. Listen, dude, it's just a question I was like, because sometimes sure. even with Gordon Moore, dude, sometimes I'll pick yeah. up on it. Sometimes I don't at all. the Like you said, dude, like this movie, I've watched it three times. So I've been able to, you know what I mean? Like sure. yeah. my first time, no, dude, the first time I was just taking that shit in, dude, you know what sure. I mean? Just, enjoying it oh yeah i think brody and i went back like half an hour on voice messages like just like oh my god oh my god oh my god um <laughs> so i'm gonna say with cinematography the fight scenes are great uh you could tell that they were choreographed beautifully i even read that a the director had problems with joe talsom because the dude fights so fucking fast that they couldn't record his like actions on camera they had to keep telling him to slow down that's fucking insane, dude. And I love hearing shit like that. <laughs> like, and, um, you know, you got Kung Lao who obviously, you know, like we mentioned before, he, he used to be on a stunt crew and everything like that. He, they all, a lot of these guys have prior training clearly and going in and utilizing that and like tweaking their choreography just to make it that much better. Like these characters felt like to me, the way they fought was right out of the game and it was perfect. Um, I'll say for the poo poo on the cinematography, I thought Outworld in itself, like obviously, yeah, we're in the year, we're in the ages of green screens and all that good shit. But Outworld was just too much wasteland. I feel yeah. like way too much wasteland. I don't know, like so Shang Tsung's throne, like that weird. I didn't get that. Yeah. Like it was always supposed to be like he had his own island, which was the tournament was on. So like the fact that he was almost like sitting in like Shao Kahn's throne, it felt like to me at least, I don't know. I feel like that could have tweaked. Um, yeah. I did love the shots though of when they're obviously that was all filmed in Australian shit, but when they're actually on the way to Raiden's <laughs> Temple, those are some beautiful fucking pan shots and everything sure. like that. Just beautiful scenic locations. The beginning, I love the uh, Japanese forest and everything. That shit looked great. But yeah, I mean. TJ definitely would boss man would be able to hit on this a lot harder than uh, the rest of us probably could. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought all in all it was good, dude. Like it it did what it needed to do, and that was the fights. If your fights were garbage, then the movie's definitely garbage. But that's what most of us were there for. So all right. Overall premise of MK2021. Oh, well, where to begin? Look, I I appreciate that they are trying to do something a little bit different. And um, this is basically a film that is setting the foundation for future films in the franchise. Um, I'm saying that I'm happy with the story we got, um, but I'm, I'm far from saying it's a masterpiece, obviously. But you know what? I went into this film thinking it was um, that the story – wasn't going to be look as I've spoken to you many times, John, um, and we've discussed this that many times that the fact that if the story was never going to be that great, at least we were going to get some fucking very tasty, uh, kills and by all means it did not disappoint, but yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I obviously have a few little problems with the story, but overall I'm glad we got, at least a Mortal Kombat film that delivered on so much in that sense. Um, but yeah, 
What about yeah. you? Well, Corey, how you feel, bud? How was you? Yeah, buddy, how you like I mean, I, I, I liked it a lot. And even before the ending, I mean, I was like, okay, this is a buildup movie. And I'm fine with that. And for how it was set, you know, that you, I mean, I had a couple issues here and there with some character, but I was like, man, you know, regardless or how these are going to come back, I just felt like the idea of it to deliver this quick of what they can for what in hopes to be three to four full, you know, uh, movies and who knows what it's going to branch off from there. I mean, honestly, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's series on TVs or whatever, or origin stories or what they could, <laughs> all I know is they're going to make so much damn money off this. And then, and then with everything with, um, I don't know, just everything with the storyline on house that I, I was fine. I was absolutely fine with it. And I, I left going, fuck, I'm ready for, like I said, you know, like I said earlier, part two. And if I come out of there going, I hope they don't make a part two or I, they don't make a sequel or something. No, there's, there ain't a single person, whether they hate it or not, that's going to go, fuck, I'm definitely not seeing the second one. Like that's bullshit. You're going to see right. it because there's, there's enough hook on there to, to drag you through it. And then you can deal with it after that. But I, I liked it. I, I, I really, the premise of it, I'm fine. hundred percent fine with so all right i uh i agree man obviously you know i've fucking seen it three times so obviously i fucking enjoy it it's a it's a different twist yeah once again reiterating i feel like any mk story if you've been paying attention for the last 25 years they're all a little different they're all a little tweaked um you're always going to get your characters but your characters are you know they're, they're going to hit on the main spots that they need to hit but they still might be different than what you're used to all in all, I think it was a great movie. I think it was very entertaining. Um, it, it gave us the, the speed, the brutality, the, you know, I think it gave us everything we were asking for, for the most part, I'll say. Yep. And I, yeah, I left just like, oh my God, I fucking already hope they're producing the second one. Yeah. Like, cause I need it like now. <laughs> oh man. So. We all saw the ending to which we leave on the shot of Citizen Cage and Cole talking about how he's going to Hollywood. So one of my last questions for you gentlemen is if there is a sequel, who would you want to play Johnny Cage? Oh, fuck. That's this is the toughest fucking question in the whole. It is. And you know what? I even gave you prep. I gave no Corey prep. I didn't give Corey any prep on this one. So I kind of feel bad. At least Brody, well, I told him a little bit ahead of time. And, and, that's, and that's why I kind of want to know both your opinions. And I want to see if you guys even get close to what I thought. Because as soon as I seen that question, there was really one person that popped in my head. But I want to hear your guys' opinions first. Yeah, because I didn't get any kind of hey, let yeah, me I go and research this. You know, I don't know. I, I, I didn't you know. give you any like lead, yeah, lead time on that. So <laughs> if you want, Brody, I could take point on this. Yeah, um, if you if you like, Matt. Yeah. So my, the guy I'm going to mention, and you might not know him, his name is Scott Atkins, and he was in um, oh fuck, dude, D- uh, Doctor Strange, and he's been in a few other things. Uh, he's an English man. He's in his early 40s, but he's got oh he was in Ip Man four as well. Um, but he's got some serious martial arts training. Dude's jacked as fuck, and to me, he looks like a perfect iteration of Cage. So yes, yeah, I know the guy you're talking about. Um, he was in the Expendables too, as well. Uh, as yes, he was. Thank you, right hand man. Yeah, um, he would be a fucking good 
And it wasn't until you told me behind the scenes about that character, I was like, yeah, you know, well, I reckon he'd portray him very well. But I now people are going to fucking hang shit on me for this probably. Um, and I don't know why I thought of it. It was the first person that popped into my head. It's a bit controversial. Um, but I've got two. I've got two. I've got one as a backup. So the first person that popped into my head was Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know fucking why. I don't know. Really? Why, but yeah, I honestly don't know why, but yeah, don't even ask me why I fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but um, if I really had to choose this guy, Sage uh, Northcote, he's a UFC fighter. He actually looks like Johnny Cage. I mean, look him up now. If you don't know who Sage Northcote is, look him up and please, like, yeah, I, I honestly think he is a perfect representation of Johnny Cage in the game. All right. He does. I, I think that's the picture you sent me. And that dude definitely looks very cage worthy, man. You put Johnny right across his chest. He's sold. Yeah, absolutely. So who are you thinking, Corey? You got anybody? I'm not, hopping on, I'm not hopping on the TJ wrestling bandwagon. Oh, you don't want the Miz? He strictly wants them because the arrogance, that's it. Okay. I get that. Or the flamboyance of that arc of that wrestling character however if i were to pick someone that i think has a little bit of everything and also i think is a pretty decent age to where the cage character in my mind is going to be like that actor that's been around for a little bit isn't exactly in retirement age uh as a character and as a real person but i'm thinking right. james marsden um okay. and, he, and only because he kind of has that like okay you've been you're you look like you're kind of built for hollywood you're a little bit too shy, you know, rounded around the edges. And you're too, but James Marsden, I mean, in the only action movie that really comes to mind was X-Men when he was See, in there. He was a uh, Cyclops, right? Cyclops, yeah. Because everything else okay. he's been in has been more of a, you know, like sock to hedgehog and shit like that. But with, Which was with I think, kind of his look and how his, he delivers, I like how he delivers. I think he could get that cocky ass presence. But he's also like 40, what, mid, I think he's 45, 46 years old. So you're kind of like, well, you're probably not in your prime as a character, not as an actual actor, but as the actor of Cage, right. Cage's character. Like, you're going to be like, well, he kind of looks young, but maybe he's trying to live in that moment and maybe he's going to get kind of cast aside in the plot lines of things. But I think James Marsden, for me, I can see that working uh, in, in my, but that's just strictly last second, my opinion. So. No, that's, and you know, what's weird is every dude that I've talked to, every person that I've talked to, to come up with a person, everybody we've come up something with something different, something different. It's not, well, not only that, but all these actors are around the same age of like 44. Oh, it's <laughs> fucking weird, dude. I swear to God. Like, that's like my guys character, you know, well, it feels and, like see, it. I don't know if it is. Cause I feel like he almost should yeah. be a little younger and, and then, okay. I don't, and this is just me basing it off the character in the game. Cause okay. I'm like, okay, he's still an action star. He got a few churned out and now he's tanked. So I would say like he was up and coming in his twenties. He was great. But then like thirties, mid thirties, he's yeah. starting to like flop out. So that's where he needs that, like, you know, boost to his career. And I'm not saying a 40 year, a 45 year old guy could play a 35 year old guy. Obviously dude, Hollywood does amazing things. Um, great and, <laughs> Case in point, the motherfucker who played Scorpion in this movie is 58 fucking years old. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. You know what I mean? Wouldn't have chosen anybody else, but this dude did a great job. Um, so think, that being uh, said, 
Do you think Jensen Eccles, if you bulked him up? I'm saying, dude, if you gave me young Jensen Eccles, and I even brought this yeah. up to Chad Daddy, if you gave me younger Jensen Eccles, I would definitely say yes. I feel yes. like in the last few years, he's like definitely like, <clears throat> he would have to bulk up for sure because he's definitely like gotten super skinny. Um, I I guess ultimately, though, I want somebody like Lyndon Ashby. I want, or even like who we had in this, pre- I want somebody with some fighting experience. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So their choreography scenes are fucking just top notch. I know a lot of people want Ryan Reynolds. I fucking love Ryan Reynolds as much as the next motherfucker. I just don't, I don't think he would, I don't know. I don't know if he's just too big of a name or like, you know what I mean? I just, I don't, I don't see him doing it. I'm not saying he couldn't do it. He obviously could, but he has his own, like the Ryan Reynolds plays the same character right he, he's got his and, own and, shtick but, like, and, but when i hear rod reynolds and john i just can't make the connection because i'm like i have this not only look but just the demeanor and the sound of what johnny cage would be and i just don't think ryan can deliver it how like, it would appease fans i guess but i, I mm, like no, he's I, got the cockiness don't give me you know what oh, i mean sure, like his acting yeah. ability is fine and i think like younger ryan reynolds like we're talking van wilder ryan ryan reynolds maybe but in the last like 10 years of what we've seen like with him with deadpool and uh what the fuck's that new the new guy or not new guy whatever the new one's coming out where it's just guy or something like that like yeah i don't know like he he definitely has his own motif i don't see it being as aggressive as it needs to be for cage i guess i don't know if that's kind of where you're going with that but I don't know, it's, it's it's a tough one, man. I'm interested to see who they would actually pull out their ass if they if we do get a sequel. Sean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> That'd be like a cool this- throwback to like the game that they were producing back in the day. <laughs> so randomly enough, and this was uh, when I was looking up um, for some behind the scenes, but his daughter actually uh, put in to play Melina. Randomly Ooh. enough. Uh- Oh, yeah, unfortunately, she didn't get it, but that would have been a cool, like, little weird little Mortal Kombat behind the scenes lore right there, dude. Like, fucking us. Right? I don't know, man. There could be some good characters for Cage, but I feel like you definitely got to have somebody that's going to hit that machismo right. And, you know, obviously, he's got to have the look, so. I just hope it's not fucking Chris Pratt because there was people out there saying Chris Pratt. I love Chris Pratt too, man. But Chris Pratt, I just don't see him as Cage. Like, right. I don't know. This is another big name. What about Hemsworth? Well, it doesn't have to be the Hemsworth. It could be his brother, Liam. Fucking, um, Liam, Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. Hmm. Considering they've got multiple Australian actors in this film, I mean, like, yeah, it's very possible, dude. Yeah. What do we have? Like, we had like three or four main. Australian actors in this. Um, Kano, Sonia, Cabal, uh, uh, what's his name? The big Rayco. Rayco. And Melina. Um, Melina, yeah. Yeah, damn, dude. Like most of our roster here. And the voice of uh, Cabal is Australian too. Really? Yep. Dude, he's got an awesome New York accent then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know he- what those like. He was in, uh, he played Charles Manson in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No shit. I have yet to watch that movie, dude. And uh, that is on the burn. That is on the list for sure. All righty, gentlemen. So 
I think with premise, we pretty much gave our final thoughts, so we don't have to give final thoughts. I think we've all said this, how we feel pretty much throughout the whole movie. So I think we are on, let's rate this bitch. And unlike our other podcast, which we usually do out of five, we're going to do out of 10 on this one as uh yeah. So you don't have to break it down like into the micros of like 3.8 and shit. You know, if you want to go to half and whatever like that, <laughs> but out of uh 10 mystic dragon markings, what would you, little LCE shout out there. What would you uh, rate this bitch? Well, let's start off with Corey there, mate. What would you rate it? Hey, Eight dragging markings out of ten. All right. Yep. That's very solid. What do you got, Brody? Yeah, fuck it. I'll go eight as well. I was gonna say seven point five, but fuck it. I'll give it an eight. Okay. I uh I'm gonna go seven point five. I feel like that's I feel like it's still I mean, obviously it's just a little less. Still fucking love the movie. So absolutely. All right, so we got a score of fatality score of 7.83 for the new Mortal Kombat. I would say that's uh yeah, I feel like that's kind of nail on the head with a lot of with a lot of people besides Scoops. Uh <laughs> which was saying I gotta shout out her brother, man. You know what I mean? Like lessons, dude. That difference of opinion is what makes the world go around. And absolutely. We gotta, you know, gotta hear everybody's thing. And, you know, their gripes might not be wrong. So, all right. With that being said, we're pretty much right at the end here, buddies. Uh, next week, Brody and I will be going back to video games and we will be covering. What are we covering, buddy? Do you know? Uh, Shaolin Monks. Fuck. Yes, we are. PS2 and Xbox's Shaolin Monks. I believe 2005, maybe six. I can't remember. Is it five? I'm, I'm pretty uh, sure it's five. Don't, yeah, don't hold me to that. We'll, we'll have the date that for sure next week. But, uh, yep, catch us next Saturday for that. And uh should be a good discussion. This going to be great. And uh, that'll continue our spinoff series for MK. So, without further ado, I think that's it. So, I'm going to say thank you for joining us on Fatality. Corey, thank you for joining Brody and I. I'm glad you can make it. Absolutely. Uh, Especially being super spare of the moment. With that being said, I am your Fluffmaster Supreme, Big Johnny D, saying see you guys later. And this is your doppelganger, Kang and Banger, all the way from fucking down under, signing out, Mother Lickers. This is your Mid-South Maniac, Corey Kaufman. Thank you, guys. I'll be back soon. Yeah, buddy. Love you, guys. (laughs) Thank you.